All right. Well, thanks everybody again for joining us today for another edition of SpinCast. Today we have joining us from Massachusetts, uh, two of the owners for Uptime Esports located in Hanover, Massachusetts. Uh, Sean Quinn, who's at the beach currently, I am incredibly jealous of that. Yep. And his uh, counterpart, Tim Schneider. So without further ado, I am going to let them introduce themselves, tell the, uh, you guys all a little bit about who they are, what they do in the esports space, and then we can go from there. So Sean, why don't you kick us off? Sure. Great. Thanks very much, Rick. Um, I'm Sean Quinn, and I'm one of the two co-founders of Uptime Esports. We are a um, esports training facility and uh, tournament center located in Hanover, Mass. Um, part of what we do involves not only just having the center where kids can come play, but our youth club where we have pro coaches who teach lessons, uh, incorporating our core values. Um, to our students in many various titles. Um, so our students range, you know, all kinds of different ages, and I'm sure we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but uh, Tim and I have been working at this for over a year now, and we saw it open four months ago, and uh, here we are. <laughs> Perfect timing. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. How about you, Tim? <clears throat> yeah, um, Sean, you know, explained a little bit of uptime for me personally. I got into this through my children. Uh, I have, my oldest son is a, a, a gamer, uh, esports athlete, as we like to call him now. And he really opened my eyes to the sport. Um, I grew up playing team sports and was really interested in um, in esports and how it could help him sort of, you know, from a, a team sport perspective. Uh, he had been an athlete all his sort of life, playing basketball, playing soccer. Um, when he became 14, he actually didn't make the team that he wanted to be on. And uh, in our house, we have a rule that you have to do something. We don't care what you, what you do, you have to do something. So he decided esports was a passion of his and he was gonna pursue it. Uh, you know, once I opened my eyes to how, uh, you know, great a team sport esports really is, we started looking for teams and places that we, he could play and we found that there wasn't really anywhere to go, anywhere to play it in person, anywhere to play it uh, like you do traditional team sports. So Sean and I have changed that here in Massachusetts. We've opened Uptime Esports, which as Sean said, is a training and tournament center. And our club teams allow middle school and high school uh, age kids to get on a team, um, get coached by pros, um, play and practice in a professional arena um, that we've built, um, where we, we uh, also have a full broadcast studio um, so really uh, takes esports sort of to the next level for, for kids that are interested and passionate about this. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I know I was on your website early and it's billed as the premier New England esports center. And just from seeing some of the pictures and everything, it sounds like you guys are really starting a great foundation in terms of a, a place where kids can come and gather to play esports i say play to to compete with esports and everything else one of the things i know personally uh, tim and i we spoke about this a little bit as well we have very similar backgrounds in respect to as to why we got into this space and personally i love the social aspect of it don't get me wrong i know the majority of esports takes place online where one kid is in their basement or in their room and they're playing against someone else somewhere else but the fact that you were able to put together the assets to build a center i think is fantastic because it just helps with the entire social aspect of it, the sportsmanship aspect of it, and so forth. If you can talk a little bit about that and what you see, and I know you're fairly new, but I'm sure your exposure to other arenas and things like that is what drove you to this. So what, what led you to opening 
uh, a community style place where anyone can come in and gather to play esports. Yeah, if you think about traditional sports, you know, whether that be, let's say, football or basketball, um, every town has many football fields and many basketball courts that kids can come out and play on. And when we look at esports, um, as much as it is played online, when it's played competitively, it's always played in person, in, in arenas. And, and there's some really good reasons for that. Um, you know, there's a lot of cheating that goes on online. That's right. Uh, there is everyone connecting at different speeds from different, you know, uh, internet uh, connections and different uh, hardware uh, configurations, which can introduce all sorts of advantages or disadvantages to players. So the only way to judge true skill is to really play this sport in an arena, in a place where everyone's coming at it from the same internet connection, where you can assure the security of the game, and everyone's coming at it from equal hardware. That's really where skill then can, can begin to shine. And, and again, Sean, I looked around uh, Massachusetts, there weren't places to, to really do that. Um, and that's what we wanted to build. We wanted to build an athletic complex where these kids could come in and parents could, could feel good about bringing their kids. Um, not a place that was a bar or a restaurant, really a place that was focused in on the athletics of esports. Um, you know, in addition to what you might expect from, you know, the PCs and the consoles that we have, we've built classrooms, we've built team rooms, we've built an entire stage um, with uh, seating for 100 um, where parents can participate and watch. Um, uh, so we've really built an environment, uh, including athletic turf, um, where we can focus in on lessons around nutrition and fitness um, that these gamers need to, to be uh, sort of incorporating into their everyday activities. Um, we've really built a, an environment where the gamers can kind of come, um, both parents and gamers can embrace this sport and, um, you know, really take advantage of it uh, in our area. Yeah, no doubt. Again, sounds like you guys have done a wonderful job in building a model that probably can be duplicated around the country in respect to a good place that covers all of the bases so that a student can get in there and do things the right way when it comes uh, to playing with esports in general. So let's talk a little, you talked a little bit about the classroom um, and not specifically about the educational piece, but a classroom that you have there. And obviously you would need that for coaching aspects and things of that nature. But I'm going to switch gears to an actual classroom and talk about for a moment, esports obviously can lead to so much more than just gaming. Um, I played baseball. The odds of me stepping on a professional baseball field were highly against me, just like it is for every sport. And esports probably even more because there's everyone can game. Yeah. Um, so my question would be, from a parental side, and and Tim, I know you and I spoke a little bit about this as well, but this more is going to be a little bit more for you, Sean. Um, what are some of the opportunities? for students that are involved with esports outside of esports, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, as you know, the, the industry itself is, is really taking off. Um, and it's, it's more than just gaming, right? So um, there's that element where you have the kids and everybody knows about Bugga, the 13-year-old, you know, who won millions of dollars playing Fortnite last summer. Yep. Um, that's just a small piece of the big puzzle, right? So there's, there's, many opportunities with software companies, with game development, those things that really align themselves with the, the sport and the, the sort of the games, the fields that, that they play on. Um, but now it's evolved to a point where there's uh, what, you would, what I would consider traditional jobs in the, the esports marketplace. There's accountants, there's marketing people, 
there's you know salespeople that are that have really nothing to do with the games themselves playing them competitively but it's the the byproduct of of the industry now so we've we've reached out a little bit with microsoft um and a little bit with twitch student um they're really pushing the educational side of it um you know from the streaming element there's content creation um as tim had mentioned we have a full production uh, broadcast studio and and we do offer curriculum on learning to be a streamer um but again when you start to look at streaming there are many opportunities just within streaming you know there's you can get into video you can get into audio there's all kinds of software adobe tools to learn you know to the, the after effects and the, the software that runs the production and even a full esports event production you know there's more and more of these events now going on across the world um and somebody has to put them on somebody has to figure out how to stream them somebody has to figure out how to network the computers and have you know the right um settings within the network switches and you know all the technical kind of side of it that you would see um the gaming itself has become sort of the fluff right think about yep. any of these sports think about baseball how many people does it take to put those players out on the field for a game that's what esports now has at its hand so um you know we're really excited about it um we're really trying to help to get the parents to understand that it's more than just gaming and it's part of the reason that we built the center because we wanted to get them out of the basement. We wanted to get them out of their bedrooms. Um, you know, I have a 12 year old as well that's very much into this and, and I saw it through his eyes and I saw all the things that, you know, that he was doing from not only playing to just watching other people play, which is, you know, crazy to, to us boomers as they like to refer to us as. <laughs> I tell them I'm not a boomer, my dad was a boomer. <laughs> Um, you know, but those are the things that I think are really important for people to understand that there are a tremendous amount of opportunities. Um, we've done a big outreach to the, a lot of the colleges in New England. I mean, New England's, we have colleges on every street corner almost. And there's, there's now programs in college where you can take a degree in esports management, much like you would in sports management or business management or retail or hospitality or any of those types of things. So you can go get a degree in esports, which is amazing to see. You know that that Becker uh, College here, Emerson College, Northeastern, these bigger schools. You know they're offering programs and curriculum on teaching kids how to get into this industry and take advantage of this new market that's flourishing right now. Yeah, there's no doubt, no doubt about it. And I think foundationally, again, I think you guys are hitting the right demographic. Meaning, if you look at whether it's just before middle school or middle school age or high school age, getting that foundation early on in this process to have an, a deep understanding of, hey, I love to game, I'm passionate about that. But wow, there are so many opportunities and doors that can be opened beyond that, that it's, you know, for the parents to be able to go into your center and actually see some of the things you have going on, I think is a fantastic way of getting that message out there. And to your point, this is something that doesn't just open the doors in the esports world whether it's any other sport, quite frankly, or if you're, if you're a caster, you talked about classes with, um, with casting there or streaming. Um, if you're a caster, well, guess what? That can parlay into a career on NBC or ABC right. or ESPN or any other sport, quite frankly. Yeah. So I think that is critical for the younger generation to really understand, hey, this really is something I love to do. I'm going to follow this passion and go as long as I can with it but it can lead ultimately to a very rewarding career, something that they're passionate about already. Yeah, for sure. And I think one of the little helpful tip though for, for some of the parents out there is that just, just go to Indeed 
and just search esports jobs and see what you come up with because it's amazing, you know, what you see out there. Traditional companies, you know, Puma as examples, headquartered here in 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 um, Westboro, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. There's esports marketing people. There's directors of esports. You know, so there's a there's a clothing and a brand apparel that is obviously you know just trying to have have people that represent it in that industry because it's so big now. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And to that point. Streaming in general is huge. Again, to us boomers, I'd rather hit the remote control and turn on whatever it is, ESPN, yeah. HBO, whatever. But now with Netflix, Hulu, and Twitch, and you name it, they, they, everything, that's what our kids are growing up with. Right. And the sponsorship in respect to those streaming channels is going through the roof simply based on the amount of eyes that are on esports. You know, when you look at some of the larger competitions that take a uh, take place nationally and the numbers that rival Super Bowl numbers or beat Super Bowl numbers, um, it's just amazing. So certainly the opportunities are, are certainly there for that younger generation. So we talk about some opportunities, but let's go the other route and uh, just to see what are some of the biggest challenges your business model currently faces based on what you're seeing on a day-to-day basis. Tim, what, do, what would you, how would you answer that one? Well, our biggest challenge right now, of course, is the, the, the virus having shut, shut our business down. Uh, we've, we've made a pivot to, to offering a lot of uh, activity and content and programs online. And we can talk a little bit about that, mm-hmm. uh, but that's clearly our number one challenge right now. And, and just being able to sort of weather this storm um, so that we can, when we get through it on the other side, we can, reopen and have all the enthusiasm and excitement that we had generated before the, before the uh, virus came. Um, you know, I think on a more uh, business level, our, our number one uh, challenge is uh, convincing parents um, that are oftentimes very skeptical about this as a sport and who have been sort of told their entire lives that maybe gaming, you know, is, is not an activity that's good um, or they have all sorts of uh, stereotypes built up in their brains around gamers. So I think that's number one. Um, and it's happening. As Sean mentioned, as more mainstream competitions occur, um, as, as it becomes a more mainstream uh, and accepted sport, parents are coming around. But number one uh, challenge for us is education, sort of evangelizing the sport, uh, making sure that parents understand all the benefits that the kids can really um, get uh, and take from this sport. Um, and, 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 and frankly, also making sure that parents even understand that we're something that's out there that their kids can play. You know, we're such a new business um, and a new type of business. People, people oftentimes don't understand what we do because right. they're, not, they're not aware of, of it as a sport. And so until they can come in and see it, feel it, and really uh, you know, see it, they, they, that's when they, the light bulb really flickers on and they say, oh, I get this. And so, you know, that, those are our challenges. Um, what we have found on, on, on the positive side of that is, like I said, once they come in and they meet our coaches, once they come in and see the facility, it really does connect with them. They, they, they have that similar, have had that similar experience, whether it be soccer or baseball or, or another uh, traditional sport. And, and, and um, we've seen some really good outcomes, even just in our first season with kids um, who may or may not have been traditional athletes uh, coming out, joining teams, um, really seeing great reaction and adoption from the parents that may have been skeptical at first. So we're seeing it happen. We're seeing, uh, we're seeing uh, these challenges be overcome, but yeah, we still face them. And, and until it gets to be more mainstream sport, we expect that we'll do that for, for years to come. 
Yeah, There's no also doubt about it. a bit of a knowledge gap too for the parents that we see that do embrace it. Um, we really try to help them when they're watching the games on Saturday, explaining the rules, explaining the, the, the you know, moments in the game, why Fortnite is slow in the beginning. And, you know, so, so they're excited about it because they see their kid with a giant smile on those screens behind Tim right there. Um, but they, a lot of times, still don't get it. You know, it's like um, my daughter played um, girls across. She's a senior, but when she was a freshman, she first started playing girls across. And if you've never seen girls across, it's nothing like boys lacrosse. The rules are crazy. The whistle blows all. And here we are cheering the whole time. We don't really know what's going on. So you watch it three or four times and you kind of understand things. And that's, you know, that's those parents that we do see that come in that have accepted what we do. They like seeing the smile on their kid. You know, they're, they're getting a, a good experience out of it in terms of the coaching. Um, but they don't get the games. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Certainly understand that. I think uh, that's just a matter of time. Uh, look yeah. at any major sport, the NFL, right? The NFL, when it first started in its infancy, think of what they had to endure and try to explain, hey, I'm going to throw this football. That guy's going to go run down and get it. And then he goes into this little rectangular area and that's right. going to give us points. So it took that's time. Only six points. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it took time, just like anything else. But I think there again, there's so much attention and uh, eyes on this space. I like to look at it as who are the companies out there that are doing it right? Who's out there that's building a solid foundation to teach the students, to teach the parents, uh, to show them the different pathways. And certainly it sounds like you guys are definitely um, an advantage in Hanover for parents to go in and investigate a little bit more because uh, it sounds like you're doing a lot of things the right way. Um, if you could see anything different in esports, if you could change anything, in its current state, what would that be? You know, I think for me, um, one of the challenges that, that, that we see that I think could be resolved potentially is, you know, there is um, a bit of a wild west in terms of, you know, what's a professional like tournament, you know, and it's always, you're always sort of following, you know, Epic or you're following Riot in terms of what they say, but they're not, basketball. They're a software development company that dictates the rules on a sport. So having some sort of governing body, maybe overarching things, you know, that could set the playing field in terms of what entails a league a match, a tournament match, you know, a scrim or any of those types of things. Um, you know, I think that's something that would, that would help validate the sport. Um, and I think it's something that would help to you know, remove some of these, as Tim referred to, the cheating and the things that go on, you know, sort of behind the scenes that, um, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of, you know, we have one of our core values is that we promote positivity. There's a lot of toxicity within gaming today, you know, so it would be great to see that removed. It would be great to see it be more equal opportunity for females, you know, who love to game, but don't game because they, are bullied, you know, mm -hmm. those are the things that we feel that we want to try to promote and help and, and get the word out there. But again, if there was a governing body that could over, oversee some of these things and create a rule set, I think that would really help things. Yeah. 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 No about it. I just, just to echo what Sean said, you know, we'd love to see more, more female participation in the sport. It's too much. It's too dominated by males. Um, we see too much toxicity when it comes to female gamers and, and here have heard too many stories. One of the things we do love is when they come into the center, that toxicity seems to disappear. People are way more positive. Um, it, it's it's uh, not so easy to sort of hide behind a screen and a microphone 
um, when you're in person, right? And you have to mind what you say. Um, but we'd love to see more female gamers. I'm, as a parent, a father of three girls, um, I'd love to see just a just more uh, uh, sort of welcoming environment for them in this sport. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think there are a number of key initiatives currently being done in terms of increasing that diversity within esports, and hopefully that will come into play because that's the one thing about esports. It doesn't matter if you're handicapped. It doesn't matter what color you are, what race you are. If you can play, you can play. Um, it doesn't take a, a lot more than just making sure you have a keyboard or a console, et cetera, and that you're active with what you're doing. So I certainly like to see that. And then obviously, again, huge proponent of being able to play in front of each other because it does eliminate a lot of that toxicity. It seems like uh, uh, it's a lot harder to trash talk to your opponent when he's right in front of you. So, um, so let's talk about obviously with COVID-19 and who knows how long we'll be stuck in home, but what are some of the events you do have coming up online uh, so that our audience, I'm sure they'll all go to your website and uh, we'll certainly promote that. That'll actually be on the screenshot as this podcast is going on. But what are some of the online events that you have coming up uh, that you can talk about a little bit about and uh, have our people kind of come on and take a look at? Yeah, we really have two things right now that, that uh, we'd love your audience to take a look at. One is our online camps. Um, we have we quickly uh, pivoted and put together uh, a one week uh, program, um, online esports camp hosted by our coaches, our pro coaches. Um, we're doing camps in Fortnite, Call of Duty, and Overwatch right now. Awesome. Um, we've had hundreds of kids from all over the country, even have had kids from uh, internationally. Uh, we had a kid last week from Iceland uh, uh, participate. Um, and the kids are loving it. The coaches are, are, are really having a great time too. Um, it's been a, a great way for these kids that are stuck at home that want a little more structure, um, want a structured uh, uh, pro coaching type of environment where they can get a couple hours a day for a week um, for a, re a very reasonable price. Um, it keeps our coaches working, keeps these kids busy while they're at home. So it's been a real success so far, these online camps that we're doing. Awesome. Um, the other thing that we have is, is our teams, our club team, which is Uptime United. Um, we've been talking a lot about Uptime United and how we do these practices and matches in our center, in our arena. Mm -hmm. Well, we're doing them all online in the meantime. Um, and we've invited um, kids, not just from our local area to participate, but we've invited kids from all over the country to participate. So we now have kids on Uptime United um, from as far away as California, um, Hawaii, uh, as well as a, a good local contingent of kids that are, are participating in our teams. Again, we have teams, uh, we're focused really on Fortnite for our spring season, which is just getting underway now. So if there are, uh, you know, gamers or parents of gamers out there that are looking for a team or their kids to get on, please check out Uptime United. And if you're looking for a structured camp um, while everyone's stuck at home, take a look at our online camps. Awesome. Awesome. Now, just a segue off of that team versus just staying at home and playing online on your own. Huge differential there. Huge. So if they're going to play anyway, to have the camaraderie and the social activity of being able to go on a team and have some accomplishment and competitive nature in that respect versus doing it on your own, I think makes a world of difference. Would you not agree? hundred percent. No, that's exactly the way we see it. Um, I mean, these kids are able to practice. We're able to have matches. We're focused in on lessons that are building their skills in problem solving, strategy, 
Um, we're also still teaching our lessons in fitness and nutrition. We're really trying to take a holistic approach to educating these gamers not to be just great, you know, online and in the arena, but but outside and, and be successful in life. So yeah, absolutely, a whole whole uh, host of things that you can learn um, when you get on a team, uh, as we discussed in, in our online teams. You know, they're filling the gaps right now while everyone's dealing with this uh, COVID nineteen virus. Yeah, and, it's, and just to, to add on to what Tim has said, it's you know it's really giving some structure and some productivity to the gaming. You know. Um, I mean, my son is going to game right now whenever he gets a chance because there's not a lot going on. We're not going to soccer practice. We're not going to, you know, all the different activities and things. So uh, how can it be more productive? Well, it can be more productive if it's, if it's structured uh, and, and you follow a curriculum and there's, there's intent with what you do, right? It's not just, um, hey, let's go play Fortnite for two hours. There's, there's intent in what we do and there's reasons behind uh, what we do. So as Tim said, it is about, you know, seeing them improve in, in matches. And I see in my own son, I see him, you know, running into room saying, Hey, I just, I just, I just got, I've got to win. I got to win. I, I knocked out this guy or that guy, you know? And, and so they're having that success, which, which sort of helps, you know, to build it. Um, but I think behind the scenes and under the surface, we're able to teach them good things about life. Like Tim said, you know, being on a team, learning how to win, learning how to lose, you know, when you win, you're not in someone's face about it. When you lose, you don't throw your keyboard. Um, you know, even little things where, um, you know, as Tim said in, in the beginning with our technology in the center, we try to level the playing field, but now we're back online. So now people's computers lag, you know, it happens. It's not the end of the world, you know, and that's, a, that's, those are the lessons that we're trying to teach these kids. You know, Hey, you know what? Technology just didn't work well today. It wasn't you. Play again tomorrow. It's not a big deal. Yep. Yep. No doubt about it. Well, I certainly know that, um, as a parent, I would much rather have my kids take advantage of being able to, rather than just constantly play with the same group of friends just to play. They're going to do it anyway. Everyone's kind of stuck at home, and that's what they're doing right now to use up some of that extra spare time that they have. Right. Why not investigate what you guys have to offer and learn a little bit more outside of that box, if you will, so that, it again, it provides such a much more solid foundation. So certainly excited for not just what you guys promote, but certainly the future of Uptime Esports and what some of those opportunities that you guys are opening for a number of kids, not just locally there, but obviously nationally and even globally. Um, so hopefully that we'll, we'll be able to circle back on that over a few months and see how things are going. But um, other than that, I'll leave you both a moment. If you have anything uh, final to add, we've gone a little bit over our time, but we're good here. If you have anything else you'd like to add. No, thank you very much for having us. Let us talk about uptime. Yeah, no, I, and I love it again. Thanks again, Rick. Um, it's, it's great to see, you know, podcasts like this out there that are helping to educate people and, you know, promote the sport. Um, it's, it's really what we're trying to do. You know, as Tim said, yeah. we're, we're all evangelists here and trying to let people know that this is a good thing, you know, yeah. take advantage of the opportunity that's in front of you. Yep. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, thank you both for taking your time today because I sincerely appreciate it. For me, I love learning more and more from guys like you and other people that are in this space because I by no stretch am an expert, but I, know, I do know a good thing when I see it. And obviously you guys are certainly behind a good product there. So again, hopefully more and more people will start to look into a little bit more uh, of what Uptime Esports has to provide. Kids are home gaming anyway. Let's look at how right. they can do it a little bit better. So yep. again, appreciate it guys. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of the day. Stay safe. And again, we'll circle back in a couple months and just touch base, see how things are going. All right. Thanks. Thank Rick. You.